Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again, and back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you got to go to www.anchor.fm forward slash Adam dash Casper and become a sponsor today. Um, I Hate asking for any kind of sponsorships or anything like that, but I got to do it because time is money, kids, and um, I'm doing this out of my spare time, and it's starting to bleed into, um, you know, servicing my clients that are paying. So you can become a sponsor for as little as 99 cents, and I really would appreciate it. Also, follow, download, share, subscribe um, on your uh, local uh, uh, podcast provider, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, um, you know, definitely rate me and, and share the word, you know, uh, t- tell people about the podcast. Also, uh, you know, if you want, go to uh, casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online and you can book me for an online training session wherever you are. Uh, I can definitely help you. And if you're in the northern New Jersey area and uh, uh, greater New York City area, uh, you can go to my webpage and, um, you know, can book me for in-person training. So uh, today um, I'm going to be talking about uh, jumping and how it's a very common problem and things to alleviate that. Before I talk about that, though, I want to talk about my favorite CBD company, RYTECBD.com, Right CBD. Um, I use their products for myself. I take their gummies. Their gummies are awesome. They taste great, and uh, they seem to have a really medicinal effect on me. Um, I have inflammation issues for from prior injuries and i suffer from a little bit of anxiety but i take that and it it actually puts me in a right state of mind hate to use the pun but it's there um also my dog takes the the cbd every day as as does my wife so you know we are a family that not only do i uh, have it as a sponsor but i actually use it and i really really enjoy it um i think it's extremely helpful helps my dog with uh you know, she's eight years old now, and she runs around. She looks like she's a three-year-old. It, it's fantastic, um, but also helps with her separation anxiety, but also any fear-based stuff. So um, when there are fireworks, because, you know, over the summer in the U.S., uh, people celebrate by lighting off fireworks, and it, it stresses out the dogs. Same thing with uh, thunder and lightning storms. 
uh, she gets stressed out by that. So right CBD is the answer for us. So that's about all I have on that. Um, enough on the plug. So we're going to get going here. Um, jumping. That's uh, the most common problem. I think uh, people ask me to help resolve with their dogs. Um, and usually it's because when we enter into somebody's house or when, when I encounter the dog, the dog's overly excited and, um, you know, they, they, they jump up at you. Um, really this is something that we can consider a problem because basically if a dog weighs any more than, you know, 20 pounds, it's, it's going to become an issue. Uh, and I always say this to my clients, we want to eliminate jumping, not just for us, but for someone who's four year old, years old coming into our home or 84 years old. Likewise, you don't want uh, your dog to be inappropriate and jump on people when it's not warranted. So initially, where does jumping come from? Now, I think it comes from a bunch of different places, but I think where it's, it's most um, encouraged, let's say, or uh, where the dog finds it's most rewarding goes all the way back for, for when they're a little, little puppy. And during that time, you know, the, the puppy's only a, a, a little distance off the ground. And when you bend down to talk to them, they jump up, they put their little tiny puppy paws on your knees and they're wagging their tail and they look so pretty and you go down and you, you, you give them affection. Well, that is a reward. If you remember every time I mention rewards, I kind of go through this whole thing where it's, it's a f- attention, affection, praise, um, food or play. So those five things, really most of those things are facilitated by a puppy jumping up on you and you bending down and, and looking at it and giving it affection and speaking to it. So all of that is reinforcing. All of that is something that the dog should not uh, be confused with anything other than good. Well, 20 pounds uh, very quickly changes to 50, 60, or, or more pounds, 75, 80 pounds. And then you have a case where just last week I was um, meeting with a client for the first time. There's a beautiful St. Bernard um, named Lady, sweet, sweet dog, but seven-month-old, fully grown St. Bernard that likes to jump into people's arms. So she would jump up and basically turn her shoulder and bump her shoulder into my chest, which is, which is fine when I know I'm expecting it and I'm a professional and I'm there to, to resolve it. But again, if I'm, you know, somebody that just had a, a hip replacement and I'm walking with a walker, that hundred plus pound dog flying at me and, and jumping into my chest and my face is not really welcomed. So, um, it's, it's always going to be an undesirable behavior, but you know, most people think that the dog's just doing it out of, out of excitement and stuff like that, which is true. So what are the, some of the things you can do to, to resolve those things? Well, you know, I think one method that I find can be successful is use an adversive. Now the, the adversive is, is pretty simple. You're just doing something that's unpleasant to the dog when they jump. So I've heard people say, uh, lots of times and, and way back in my past, um, I would be protecting myself. So if the dog came at me, I put my knee up so the dog would bounce off of my knee. Um, or I turn my back and try and get away. Um, and let the dog come flying by me, but not everybody has those reflexes. Not everybody has that power. And not only that, I don't like doing it. So I stopped. So I'll, I'll give the story of, um, 
my uh, one of my favorite dogs, uh, Toby, who is this uh, great chocolate lab that lives just a town or two away from me. Uh, again, big puppy, 90-something pounds, very excited, lovable, sweet dog. But he thought the best thing in the world was to run up to a new friend at full speed, jump in the air, and try and lick that person's face. And unfortunately, um, he could cause some major damage. And, and while I was while I was uh, meeting with him for the first time, you know, I had claw marks on my chest and scratch marks on my arms and uh, a couple bruises here and there when I was done with it. So you can understand it becomes a little bit uh, unpleasant. And obviously, un unpleasant is a nice thing to say. It's just rude behavior by the dog. But where they're coming from, where they're they're responding, and what they're actually doing there isn't out of any kind of malice. They're, they're doing it because they're happy, they're excited, and they want affection from you. But it's attention-seeking behavior, so you can't really feed that. So the adversive, what, what, what do I use in that case? Well, I have this magic little can of air called the Pet Corrector. Um, it is a red can that sprays air and, and some cold propellant. I put it behind my back, and then when the dog bounces off of me, uh, as soon as their paws are on my chest, I have it pointed away from me and away from them behind my back. And as soon as the dog's paws touch me, I spray it really briefly for literally as a second, maybe even less. And the dog bounces off, hits the floor. I stuff that in my back pocket and I show them my hands like, well, I don't know where that came from. And the dog usually looks surprised or confused. Some are scared. So Toby, when he rebounded off of me when I sprayed this thing, actually had the response that I didn't anticipate, I didn't really want, and I didn't uh, necessarily, that was not my goal, but he was afraid. He heard the noise, it scared him, and it got him to run away. So I did this once during the training session, and then I didn't repeat it. But for the rest of the training session, he was very aware of, of where I was and was a little suspicious of what I was doing because, you know, maybe he felt like the noise could have come from me, but he wasn't totally sure. And I think it's important to mention that I was hiding it from him. I didn't want him to know that the sound came from me or from that object. I wanted him to, to associate the sound with what he did. And the, the response I wanted was him to not feel good about that. I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to scare him. Uh, but I did want some sort of abrupt change in, in the, the mood and the tone of the room. So immediately he knew something was different. Likewise, I did the same thing with the, uh, with the St. Bernard. St. Bernard re responded a little bit differently. Uh, she hit the ground and then kind of like looked around like, what was that? And I'm not sure what that was. But I got her excited again by trying to engage her in some play. And she started to jump up then put her paw back down again. So she kind of came up halfway on, on her back legs and then put, put her paws down. So also, when I'm training one of these dogs, I make sure that every time I give a treat, any kind, time I give a treat or a reward at all, it's always below my knees. And why I do that is I'm reaching down and I'm giving the dog a, a treat for coming when called or sitting or, or doing whatever I want they are not expecting the rewards to come from above. They're always expecting the, the, the reward to come from below. And that keeps them on all, all four paws the whole time. This is pretty important because if the dog expects to get a treat, they're not instantly launching up. And 
I've seen clients do this, and this is a coaching thing for all of you listening. If you have your dog in a sit position and you're standing there straight up and you have your, um, your treat, let's say at, at the position of your, your belly button, right in the middle of your stomach. Well, that dog or specifically a young puppy is only looking straight up. So if you start to extend your hand to reach, reach down and give that to the dog, the dog's probably going to come up to meet it if it's a super high value food reward and the dog loves it. So if the dog comes up at that moment, you're actually rewarding them for jumping up. And likewise, when the dog sits and you're reaching down, the dog is actually leaving the sit position and you reward them. So you're rewarding them for coming off their backside and coming up to get it. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that the, the treat comes down low. And basically, I got to kind of go from behind my back, underneath my, the back of my knee almost to the side and below my knee. So this way the dog's looking up at me but going, oh, treat's coming down and it's literally coming down at them as opposed to them looking up and saying, I got to go up and get it. So that, that's a major distinction. And I think a lot of people, they get in the habit of giving their, their dog's treats down low will eliminate some of the jumping to eliminate most of the other parts of the jumping we actually have to look in our own house and at ourselves when you come home from work when you've gone out you've done some shopping and you come back home again are you allowing your dog to jump on you and i think a lot of these families don't necessarily have a hundred percent answer where mom dad brother sister they're all doing it but there's always somebody and there's always somebody in that family that allows a dog to jump up, put paws on their chest, and either takes a takes a treat from their mouth or uh, the, they get a face wash from the dog that way. But it's happening somewhere because the behavior is being repeatedly rewarded and encouraged. Now, a lot of people don't realize that they're doing these things, so that's why I'm telling you: give treats underneath your knees if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna have the dog sit and and give a treat. Don't give it to you from, from your belt or your belly button, rather from your side and low. Um, so it's really important. I mean, it's going to eliminate a lot of that. But also, when you come home from being away and the dog's excited to see you, never allow the dog to jump on you. And if you do, basically fold your arms and roll away from them. Don't make eye contact. Don't make any kind of nice talk with them until all four paws are on the ground or they're sitting or they're laying down. At that point, reward that dog with attention and affection. Be glad you're home at that point. But until that happens, you can't reward the dog. So if the dog jumps on you 10 times in a row, you should try and avoid it. Now, another thing you can do, you can put the dog on a long leash and um, when your spouse comes home or something, say, okay, this is what's going, what's going to happen. The, you're going to walk through the door. Uh, Rex, the dog, is going to jump on you. And um, I'm going to walk up close and I'm going to step on the leash. And um, I'm going to step on the leash so it's, it's, so, uh, it, it's, it's, it's so short that he or she won't be able to jump up. So basically they'll go to jump, but the, the, the collar and leash stop them and that's it. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's another method. But I'm, I'm pretty confident, you know, you can get rid of some of these uh, behaviors if you're consistent. So that means you're never asking the dog to, to jump up on you, uh, not on your person, not on your lap, uh, not, not uh, you know, paws on your shoulders or your chest for, for your larger dogs and for puppies and, and, and uh, toy breeds and, and small dogs, medium-sized dogs. 
just because the dog's getting up and putting in their paws on your backside or, or on your knee, um, that that's not acceptable. And because they're small, that's not an excuse either. I, I have a dog that's uh, one of my clients' dogs staying with me right now. Uh, she's a doodle and a sweet dog. But as soon as I walk through the door, the first thing that happens is her paws are on me and they're, you know, she's not very big. So her paws are right around my hips or, you know, uh, or my lower abdomen, um, definitely on my knee. And I turn around and then it's on my backside or on the back of lower part of my back. And of course I got to discourage that, but, but discouraging that, um, just a couple times where I didn't pay her any attention. I said hello to my dog. I said hello to my wife, my daughter, and everybody else in the house. But I didn't do anything with that dog until I looked over and she's sitting or or she's on all, all four paws. Then I reward her with some praise. I mean, it's very important to isolate moments that are um, the dog showing you the behavior that they want. But also, let's think of ways that we're not going to encourage that. So it's also never okay for the dog to jump on you, to play, to wake you up, to get you off the couch. Um, none of it. Not good. And if you uh, if you stop it as soon as possible, you'll you'll see the rewards. So some other ways people who don't even realize they're encouraging this kind of behavior, they think they're helping themselves, but they come home, their dog jumps on them, and then they shove the dog away. And immediately the dog jumps back and then you shove the dog away again. And then you yell and you shove. And here's the problem with that. Um, the dog is realizing that this is a kind of a game. Uh, it's a wrestling game. And uh, anybody that comes through the door, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a person they know, a family member or, uh, you know, someone they, they're acquaintances with or strangers, they think this is a fun game to do. So like that dog Toby I was mentioning about a moment ago, the dog, you know, jumps at me and, you know, puts both paws into my chest and knocks me back a couple of feet. You know, that's, that's pretty frustrating and it's painful, um, could be very dangerous. So you really need to, to, to make sure those paws are on the floor. So, um, like I said, you can, do the leash method. Um, definitely a, a way you can stop the dog, and it's not my favorite method. Another method was the pet corrector, which is basically just a noisemaker spray. Um, I'm mentioning this brand in particular, not necessarily because it's my favorite, but I don't want you guys to go out and get creative and then get a boat horn or something like that and deafen your dog or yourself. Um, you know, use caution, use something that's approved for use for pets. Um, but you know, it's important. So, um, some of the other things, you know, you, another method you can use is, um, before the dog gets to you, um, and you walk through the door, you could toss a bunch of treats on the floor. Um, you know, another one, like I said, you can reward for f all four paws on the ground by getting a handful of treats and rewarding your dog below your knee uh, when you walk through the door. Sometimes after several times of repeating this, the dog just figures, oh, okay, it's easy, and uh, I don't have to do this anymore. But the main thing is to realize you're, you have to allow the dog to greet you in some way, but you have to teach the dog the appropriate greeting. So for me, the, the most appropriate greeting is uh, it, it, having the dog sit. So um, how that usually works is, um, you know, from a couple feet away, you ask your dog to sit, and then when they, they do, 
calmly approach them, uh, then stand up, turn around, walk back to your starting point, and then ask them to sit again. So uh, if they if they sit, they they understand the command, and then they're pretty good at it. If they stay sitting, um, you know that's that's what you want. Um, but your dog needs to understand when you come through the door. You know that's what they're supposed to do. Now I think one of the best methods uh, I've used is uh, having your dog go to place. Um, one of my dogs was trained uh, hearing the doorbell or a knock. Uh, that was their uh, classical conditioning to go in their crate and wait. And what they were waiting for is a high value reward and lots of affection and praise. Uh, this particular dog, another big dog, um, was very excitable. And uh, anybody that came through the door was getting jumped on. Their face was getting licked and uh, they were getting fur all over them. That That's just the way he was. He, he wanted to give that affection no matter what, no matter who came through the door. And I mean, that could even be, you know, an intruder. He, he really didn't care. He loved people that much. But the conditioning we did was knock, 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 go to your crate, stay. And that was his job. And then uh, one particular evening, uh, I had a friend come over and uh, we were uh, hanging out, having a, having a drink or, or listening to some music or something. And uh, they looked around and said, hmm, hey, don't you have a dog? Because they looked at it and saw a food bowl and saw tennis balls and chew toys and things like that and fur everywhere. It's like, Hey, don't you have a dog? Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot to release the dog. And you know, that, that person was there for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes. And my dog was sitting there quietly in my office, in the crate, waiting for me to come and, and release him. So, um, you can do other things, but I think the main thing is, is that you let's not reward the dog for doing this behavior at any point, you know? So if, if the dog realizes that this is something that isn't enjoyable in any measure from a human. And there are far more rewarding things that the, that the dog can do, like sit, like go to place, uh, like laying down, or you know, staying on all four paws for affection, attention, praise, rewards, play, all that kind of stuff. It'll be pretty easy for the dog to sort out, what should I do in this given situation? But one thing I need to mention is when you are coming back through the door and you're trying to stop your dog from jumping, well, your greeting to them should be very low key. As a matter of fact, probably the best way to enter your house, if your dog's still a crazy, crazy jumper, you want to make sure that you have no reaction to them until they do something appropriate. I think this is the lower level adversive, but given the dog and I think if you're listening to this and you have a dog that's super, super people-centered, they really love humans, and all they're trying to do is become affectionate, but their might, their strength, their speed and power is just too much for most people, and when they're jumping on, on them, it's not appropriate behavior whatsoever. So teach them when you come home, you're not interested in them until they do something that's not very interesting, like laying down, like sitting like just standing there on all all four paws, wagging their tail. Where I am now with my dog is, you know, she'll tap dance around and she'll kind of like do this little excited dance, but I don't even acknowledge her then. I'll look at the mail. I'll put my keys on, on the hook. I'll put my take my shoes off. I'll put my bag down. I'll say hello to my wife and my kids. Uh, you know, I'll do a couple things, and then I'll notice that she's down there and she's 
more calm. So you, you have to also reward them and acknowledge them not only when they're calm, but when you're calm too. So if you come through the door, like you just, you know, came back from a, a, a military deployment in, in, a, in combat uh, after a year and you're very excited to see your dog. Well, that's great. But you are encouraging the dog to maintain a, a, a very high anxiety, high stress, high excitement um, uh, emotion. And then when you get there, what do you expect them to do? They're, they're going to explode. They're going to be bouncing all over the place, especially your younger dogs. And, you know, it's a simple thing. You control yourself. You'll be okay. And, you know, you can move on. So guys, I wanted to keep this one short. I know that it, this isn't very, very detailed. Um, I think I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this in the future. Um, let me know how this goes. So uh, don't forget, check out Right CBD, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com for awesome deals on CBD. Um, check out uh, CasperDogTraining.com and uh, book your online training there or your in-person training for you people in the Northeast New Jersey and New York City area. Um, don't forget to share, rate, um, and comment, uh, wherever you can, uh, share this, uh, podcast with your friends, your neighbors, uh, for free advice. And then don't forget, you know, Hey, you can actually get me in person online, uh, doing a, a zoom training that's specific to you, your dog, and whatever you want to talk about. We can resolve lots of, lots of issues this way. Just think of it as a more animated version of the podcast, more interactive for, for sure. And also, um, you know, I can share data and, and images with you over Zoom, so it's very powerful. Um, last but not least, hey, thanks for listening, and uh, everybody take care of yourselves. Be well, and uh, talk to you soon. Cheers.